Sugars, sorry. I, had, I took an unintended hiatus. I've just, I need an assistant. I just need somebody who edits for me because sometimes I don't have the time. I'm working on I'm working on time management. If you are good with time management, I'm okay with it. But if you're good with it or an expert and want to come on my show, tweet me at the Matt Mark because Lord help, I'll interview you just so I can get the advice myself. Anyway, so this week, um, I'm really excited about the, this guest this week. It, it was very, um, uh, somebody reached out to me about another guest that they kind of wanted to pitch for the show, and I found out they knew this person, and we just kind of said, hey, what about Liz Dolan? And that's, it just worked out so well. Liz, I met her, well, I didn't meet her, but I saw her at uh, LA Podfest uh, last year. I heard her speak, and I really like that her, she is, first of all, I like that she's uh, not only a podcast talent, but a podcast creator, and that she's a woman, and that she's worked for, I mean, own, and she's done a lot of different things, and, and definitely has been a boss to a lot of people. And so from that, she developed this podcast called Safe for Work. And that's the whole point is that they help people. It's an advice podcast for people dealing with work issues, any type of work issues. You write in, you call in, and they give you advice. So, and the whole thing is, is that it's, it's, they said you can even listen at work. They want it to be safe for work. So that's kind of where the impetus started. And then, but Liz and I just were very, both very like minded. And I also love her other podcast she does, Satellite Sisters, which is totally different about her connecting with all of her sisters across the country. And she's just, again, why I love having other podcasters on my show a lot of the time, because we're all just this curious nature people. And we end up just having great conversations. So, I really love this conversation, and uh, hopefully you get some. We talk, we get some advice a little bit on for some of you that are dealing with work stuff right now. Hopefully, we give you some clarity on that. Um, we're picking up a conversation from when I had Holly from Surviving a Dick click on of kind of a little bit of how to deal with Me Too at work and some other work issues that come on. So, sugars, I hope you enjoy a new Dear Maddie episode with Liz Dolan. Here we go. Hello, everybody. We're recording. Welcome to the Dear Maddie Show. Uh, I'm Matt Marr, and we have got, we are serving some advice prime realness today, because not only are you getting me, but you're also getting Liz Dolan. How are you, Liz? Thank you for being here. I am so happy to be here, Maddie. I mean, I'm just, I'm honored, actually. This this is good. This is going to be fun. You are, you know, advice giver par excellence. I I do it, but in a more narrow it. realm, the workplace realm. Well, what, no, but what the interesting thing though, is that I get, um, I get so many questions from people about the, their office and yeah. what's going on, what's going on in their lives. So um, the podcast, by the way, so uh, people know is, I want to say not safe for work, right? But it's safe. No, it's safe for work. See, yeah, here's safe for work. We want people to know that we are safe for work, that you can go into your coworkers and say, you know, I was listening to this podcast called Safe for Work, and they made this kind of recommendation, or they talked about this. So we want to be 100% safe for work. 
great. And we'll, to, we'll mention this again, and I'll put this in the show notes. But again, it, it, it's, it's what's your website? Is it through Wondery or is it, where do you direct people? It's Wondery. You can just go to any of the podcast apps. We're at Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and, you know, all, all of the above. Any place you normally, above. any place you listen to you, you can listen to us. Well, and so it's you and a co-host. And so your co-host, he was an attorney, right? Yes. Yeah. So his name is Matt Ritter. Mm-hmm. So he's in big law. He was in a big fancy law firm and just decided that was not making him happy. So he left that, moved out West, moved to LA. He works as both a comedian and an executive recruiter, Maddie. So oh, that's, wow. that's hilarious. He yeah. sees some shit. Yes. <laughs> he sees some shit. So tell everybody a little bit about your background. Like, so what compelled you because you've done other podcasts as well right satellite sisters you do um yeah let's tell us all about you what where how'd you get into this podcasting world here's well i i've had one of those careers that's like um where i'm living a double life at all times so throughout most of my career i have been a corporate executive i was the i was the head of marketing at nike i was the head of marketing at national geographic at the oprah winfrey network so i've always been a marketing executive at big global companies but then on the side i just i love podcasting don't you i just I think do. I just think they're the best way to have like personal, fun, real, authentic conversations. So since 2007, I've had a podcast with my sisters called Satellite Sisters. And then we launched Safe for Work just this year. Matt Ritter and I started this workplace advice show because I feel like we all spend so much of our time at work and so many of the issues at work really have to do with how to get along with other people and that there were no workplace shows really kind of addressing the people dynamics at work Mm. and, you know, the sort of emotional intelligence aspects and also just workplace shows where you could call in and ask us questions. So that's what we do. Matt and I answer questions from callers. We try to have some fun, but we do take your issues seriously because work is so important to our overall identity. So that's where I am. That's what I do. It's a good show, and I'm not just saying it because I was saying before we started recording, I met Liz at LA Podfest, and I, I said this earlier, but it's always, I was just, I was like, yes, women podcasters, because yeah. I'm, I'm all about, you know, I go to the diversity panels, and there's like one woman, and then a bunch of men, which is great that they're people of color, but still, I'm like, we need more women, so, um, but it's getting better, and uh, much better, and um, so anyway, I met you there, and I'd listened to your show then, like a year ago. And I liked it. And then I just, you know, so many podcasts, so little time. And I then, know. I, but no, but then in re-listening, having you on the show again, I was like, yes, I forgot. It is, what I like about it is that, um, you know, it's something I try not to do in my advice. is it, Yes, it's an advice cast. Yes, I'm helping people with things in their life. But, uh, but I don't want to seem A, preachy and B, overly stuffy or clinical. I don't want to be like a Dr. Phil where I'm shaming people for not doing the right thing. Amen, brother. And y'all do not do that at all either. And I feel like, especially in the work, people already have these layers of guilt or shame or what they should have be doing. And y'all, there's none of that pretentiousness in your show at all. And I love that. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we I think empathy is usually the way to go. And because yeah. Matt and I have both been in a lot of different kinds of workplace situations that I think we can be empathetic to a lot of situations people find themselves in. And a lot of those situations are not of their own making. So, you know, what are we going to shame you about? Like you have a boss who's a bully. That's not your fault. We can only help you figure out what to do about it and how you should react to that. Also, a lot of what people really call in about it's not so much what they should do with their work, but like, how does their work fit into their overall life? You know, mm. I think a lot of the issues people have at work, it's because they don't really know what they want to get out of it. So we do try to talk about kind of the larger things, like what does make you happy? And, you know, not everyone is going to find a job that really makes them 100% happy. That's why they call it work. Yeah. But there is a way to sort of figure out how to balance those things. So we're open to any conversation. Mm, I love that. You know, and I worked at a law office for 10 years as an admin assistant. Oh, so yeah, I, so I get it. So, and the, the, that's one reason that saved me was, uh, or was podcasting is that, you know, cause I'm an actor and a comedian and a producer as well. And so it's, it's what I love about podcasting is that it, we have this autonomy. I don't have to go through 10 people to getting yeses, you know, I, know. Yeah. I can just do it and put it out there and really connect immediately. So yeah. I, I agree. I, I'm right. We're like, we are well, soul sisters. You and I have both found podcasting is sort of a another way of expressing ourselves a more personal way. But I think, and so for us, it's podcasting. But I think most people need something outside of their work, yes. not necessarily a side hustle, but need some other way to express themselves, as well as learning how to really express themselves at work. It's just important to say what you think and be heard. And that's a lot of what Safe for Work is about. And that's so true. And I think that a lot of times people, because I do a lot of coaching with actors uh, and uh, kind of career coaching with and, and with actors. And, you know, a lot of times, and this doesn't just go for actors, but for anyone who's doing, that's lucky enough to be pursuing a job that they really intensely love and they feel like is a calling. Again, yeah. there still is that we put ourselves, well, if this is what my calling, then I need to give 300% of myself to this all the time. And this is all I need to be doing is working towards this. And a lot of times with me working with these artists of, hey, go volunteer for something, like run right. a marathon, like please do something to get out of this. And it, it, and when the, once they do that, every time, once they build their life, their career strengthens, it gets better. It always I does. I think that's totally true. Sometimes we just, we put too much um, pressure on our job to give us all of the satisfaction in our life. And Ooh, that's a tweetable, y'all. That's <laughs> good, Liz Dolan. Thank you, Maddie. Yeah, I think your job should give you satisfaction and we want to help you find a job that is satisfying. But you also need something going on outside of, uh, of your work life. Even if you may be at work, you know, 8, 10, 12 hours a day, I agree with you. Like if it's uh, just any kind of a, get a dog. I, I yeah. Like it gives me so much pleasure to come home at the end of the night of work, and if, especially if it's been a hard day, and have my dog greet me at the door. And I know you agree with that because you're a dog yeah, person I am, too. I am a dog person too we're watching a friend's puppy right now and i'm like well we're not getting a puppy because boy <laughs> that is work uh but yeah no i mean it's you know i again i've always i kind of jokingly say i have gay dd but at the same time you know being an actor and people are like wait you're starting a leadership camp for queer youth a summer camp what the hell are you doing but it gives yeah, me so yeah. much joy doing those type of things so but enough about me um yeah but so i want to 
We do have a question. It's not a caller, Liz Dolan. I'm not from Wondery. I'm not high tech <laughs> like y'all do. Okay? okay. So all right. Do whatever you need. Yeah. <laughs> but before you get into the question, I do I've had several people in previous shows email me and ask me this or even tweet me. And I just had uh I think this uh episode just aired this last week, but it's from a woman named Holly Kaplan who wrote a book called Surviving the Dick Click. And you know, I just read about that book yesterday. I had never heard of it. Maybe I saw it on your website. That's where I saw it. She's great. It's, yeah. And it's a short little book. Again, it's not a preachy book, but it made me think about like for someone in your experience, like, and a lot of this, what I appreciated about her, and I'm interested on your take on this or, or what you've gotten from listeners with the whole Me Too movement and everything. How do you, again, there's feels like um, the reason why I had her on, you know, because I'm from Oklahoma and Texas, Southern Oklahoma and Texas. So, um, and things are changing, but like, I even see what's happening with all the teacher marches. Like I still see a lot of teachers that are marching, but I still see a lot of people that are way more conservative. They don't understand that. And so in the same context, I have female friends that are in work positions in like within the big Bubba boys club and, but they have to support their family and they have to, and they don't feel safe enough to speak out. And so how do we navigate that, our own safety, when sometimes you can't speak out for whatever reason that is for you? And I wanted to know, like, what is your take on that and talking to with a lot of yeah. women and men? But, like, how do we – have you had questions about – because we think – me too, just stand up and tell your truth and yeah, screw them. Right. But I, that's not a reality for everybody, right? No, it is not a reality. I, you know, one thing I want to say is one narrative I've heard sort of creeping into conversation lately is like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? All the rules are changing. We don't know what to do anymore. And, you know, and this is you know largely coming from men who I love. And mm -hmm. like now I'm afraid to tell a joke or just like, you know, tap a coworker on the shoulder. And I just want to say to all the people that are worried about that, that's not what's happening. Yeah. The things that the things that were against the rules are still against the rules. Sexual assault is not OK. Mm -hmm. So it's not we're not saying like cha change everything. We're saying let's actually enforce the rules, the rules that you thought were in place mm. where, say, Matt Lauer could not sexually assault the people, the women that came into his office. You thought those were the rules. Well, Matt didn't think they were the rules. And mm -hmm. so now the rules are being enforced. So I would like people to just accept that. It's not a new set of rules. Mm. Same, same rules as we ever had. It's mm. but it's now now they're going to be enforced. And I agree with you. Not everyone can is in a position where they can step up because they desperately need their job. They don't feel like they have the leverage. And it's still true that if you are a noisy girl, you know, my personal motto is stay noisy. If you are a noisy girl, that reputation follows you. So that means that there are people that might be less likely to hire you. And that is a 100% understandable fear for men or women uh, to have if they feel like they step forward. So the people that can should, and we should we should believe the people that do step forward, because I've also never seen any evidence that there are loads of people faking these accusations, right? Yeah. Why would you do that? It's faking it. It's a that's a potentially career ending thing to do to just make the accusation. Why would anyone fake it? So mm -hmm. the to the women that don't feel like they're in a position to come forward. I, w I also always say, you know, at least make sure you're talking to someone about it. Talk to your friends, talk to your husband, talk to, you know, just the, make sure that people understand what's really going on in your mm. life. It doesn't need to be a secret. I have friends 
and this has only just come out like in the last six months, Maddie, I'm shocked. Several friends of mine have told me things that happened to them a while ago that they have never told anyone before. Wow. And, you know, so that's not good. I think you're a therapist. You can agree that keeping it as a deep, dark secret is not good. So it's traumatic. It's traumatic. Find someone to talk to about it, even if you feel like you can't go public at work. Good. Yeah, that's what we talked about, too. Okay, great. I just done. Yeah. One more thing you. I want to say, just as long as I'm on my soapboxy thing about this. The, uh, the last month at South by Southwest, I was not there, but I was reading the transcript of a panel there that was about like the Me Too movement and blah, blah, blah. And um, the woman named Bozema St. James, who just left Apple to go be the chief brand officer at Uber, she was on a panel talking about this. And she's an African-American woman, very experienced. And now she's at Uber. You can imagine the challenge. But she said, people keep asking me what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say, what like, what is my opinion on this? She said, in almost every meeting I'm in, like there, I can be in a meeting with 50 people and 49 of them will be white men. And then there's me. So I feel like saying, I am just one person. You are 49 people. What are you going to do? Mm. And I I would love to hear more of that. Less of like, okay, women, go for it. Like, most men don't approve of this behavior either. So men, be as noisy as you want about this because you should be sticking up for the rules being evenly applied. That is, I mean, that's so true. I know, you know, gay rights did not start to succeed until after Prop 8 when straight people started joining us and yes, speaking out. Right. So that's yeah. always, we need the majority to help the minority, always. Um, it, and I, I think most men are humiliated and ashamed of the few men who agreed. do this. Agreed. Because so, I think those, not- guys, those men that are asking things like, can I touch my coworker work? Can I tell joke? Those are actually the good guys who have been following the rules. Yes. And are just, yeah. are even I'm, I've, I'm that way too. I'm like, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm I, and I'm gay. I'm not going to sexually harass a woman, but I still inadvertently could. And so even I, and I was talking to my boyfriend about it. I was like, should, can I make like a joke or what? And he was like, really, you're, you're fine. It's like these people, these, the kind of these people that the Matt Lowers, the Harvey Weinstein's, these people that really don't think the rules apply to them, that this is a, such a huge problem. Exactly. Exactly. Most guys are good guys. And so the good guys just need to stick up for their female colleagues and friends and, and most of them do. So, so that is all good. But, you know, a lot of the questions we get at Safe for Work are more, they're just simpler things like, oh, I just became a boss for the first time and now it's really freaking me out. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. So so that's interesting, too, because people, you know, even when they are succeeding, they also they start to get this imposter syndrome or feeling that like, oh, I'm not one of the gang anymore Mm -hmm. and it's very isolating. So we do a lot of just conversations to make people feel better about that, that they can, you know, embrace being a leader, but still everybody has those vulnerabilities, you know that. And uh, so it's great to be able to talk to people about what they feel most exposed about or vulnerable about in the workplace. For sure. You know, I think almost, and I'm not talking about situations, you know, I've had people that have written me things like really traumatic things that I've dealt with, you know, either death or, you know, childhood abuse, things like that. But I'm talking about for people that write me with kind of their day-to-day work problems, marriage problems, whatever problems, relational problems, relationship problems, it almost always is, it comes down to a, a doubting of themselves. Yeah. 
And mm-hmm. it really, if they, it's just getting them to, to see the perspective and not, and not see themselves as a, as an unqualified or an, an uh, unempowered person. Mm-hmm. And that really is the basis almost of all my questions that I get. That's so interesting. Yeah. Well, I can learn a lot from that. Yeah, I think that's true. That people they think that they're the only ones that are freaked out about not knowing what isolation. To do. Yeah, yeah, isolation bind it, it binds you. That's why I love what we do. Or I tell people a lot of times doing group work and things like a group. I can do so. I could see someone individually for about six months, or I could see them. I'm not kidding. Two weeks in a group and do the same amount of work because as a therapist, a lot of it into one-on-one work. It's just getting them to step outside of their problem and see them and see the, the whole picture and know that they're not crazy for thinking that. Yeah. Whereas in a group, it happens immediately. That's so interesting. Yeah. Group yeah. Well, phenomenal. I think that's what's hard in a workplace. Say, say, take this, we take the scenario of someone who just became a boss for the first time. It's like they don't want to admit to anyone in yeah. that circumstance that they're feeling any of these feelings. They think they're the first person ever who got promoted and now feels like, oh my God, I'm completely in over my head. So they just like, they really freak out and they keep it to themselves. If a, There should be a like group therapy for first time bosses somewhere. I would, oh, yeah. Maybe we should do that live on the air. Just get a bunch of first time. I would totally do that. Let's do, that would be great. <laughs> Everybody be just admit you don't know what you're Everybody, doing. You don't know knows what, what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Okay, we could go forever. All right, let me get jump into this question. This is from um, Janice. She is uh, 43 years of age. And she says, Dear Maddie, I'm a single mother who left corporate America because I was tired of dealing with asshole bosses and impossible expectations for myself and my coworkers who I loved working with. I was able to save up a nest egg for a year. That's impressive. Uh, I was able to save up a nest egg for a year, and I decided to quit my job and go out on my own consulting. I work in HR, and I'm trying to utilize my 20 years in HR, giving expertise to smaller startups who don't necessarily have the capital to invest in a full HR department. Maddie, I'm eight months in, and the nest egg is quickly depleting, and honestly, my business isn't where I want it or need it to be. A part of me feels I need to pivot and market myself differently, but yet another part of me thinks I need to go I need to find another day job for the security of myself and my two sons so Maddie do I throw in the towel Janice mm-hmm. what do you think well first of all I agree with you very impressive for someone to make a move like that with that level of savings you yeah know, we I'm get like, good for you we get calls all the time from people that just, I, I want to quit my job today. I don't care. It's a, And so good for you for saving the money. That was great to hear. The other thing that was great to hear in that letter is that she loved working with her clients, you know, with mm-hmm. her co- colleagues when she was still in uh, the corporate world. That You don't hear that very often. So this mm-hmm. sounds like someone who really is like gifted in the area of human resources, or at least has the right attitude. Mm-hmm. I feel like... I feel like it's too soon for her to give up her dream on being self-employed and having her own clients, but maybe there is some like part-time work, some other consulting work on a team where she could at least cover some of her bills while she's also building her own brand. And sometimes that helps put you out there into a world where then you will get hired as an individual consultant. That's more business advice than it is personal advice. But that's what I would say. She seems very focused on creating this for herself. And, you know, it would be alarming to see you're draining down your money. But 
eight months is really not that long a time to really get a new business on their feet. So no, not at all. What would you say? What what advice would you give her? I mean, really a lot. I'm still kind of with you. I'm like, holy shit, you raised this for a nest egg for a year, which almost makes me think if you're that practical, I really just want to tell Janice, I'm not, I didn't plan this question to go with what I said earlier, but I want to say, I feel like she's doubting herself and trust her gut because obviously she seems quite practical. I think, you know, I've been in a situation where I had a day job and I quit without nothing to go to. I do when people ask me a lot of times, do I quit my job? I at least tell them to, if they can, either have a a solid plan for what they're going to do, or maybe even have already tiptoed their their feet into that type of work instead of just saying, leap and the net will appear. Yes. Um, So, but we're past that, Janet. So, Janet, so I feel like I'm with you. I think maybe she's thinking I either work on this full time or I have to work on something else full time. Whereas I'm like, there's so many things now that are changing where as far as, I mean, I'm drive for Uber, with- drive for Lyft. I know that yeah. that is, I've met so many people that are in between jobs or are still starting up. And, you know, I don't know, I don't know the age of your children, Janice. And so I don't know what need, but I know your financial needs. But I think that since you do have a bit of savings, I feel like there is, there's room for something part-time or there's something and honestly too it's oh this is so weird Ooh, you know when the universe speaks to you because yeah. i was just telling a friend um or for me it's judy garland that's my universe that's mine <laughs> um she, she sings to you how she, lucky for you she does it, it, yes usually when i'm drinking gin a little too much but uh which she did too and so but um no it's this idea of again it goes but i was just telling this to uh Honestly, to my to my boyfriend, actually, who's starting his own business, entrepreneur, really doing well, starting to just a little bit of side work. And I told him, I said, you know, I bet your your business that you're working on is going to go better once you just have some time to take your mind off and work this day job. I don't mean it to co- coincide with what I was talking about earlier with you, but it is true. I feel I bet if you talk to Janice, her energy, her mindset is is almost fixated probably on making this job like almost trying to squeeze every bit of juice out of the orange and i just would want to tell her maybe it is about driving for lyft listening to other people talk about their life maybe that will give you some reflection and some time for you i feel like people our mind needs to breathe and so Mm -hmm. i always tell i'm like let your mind breathe just stop drop and breathe a little bit and and let some air get into the situation yeah well, that's why I always have my best ideas in the shower, I think, Maddie. My mind is breathing in there. Exactly. <laughs> it really, I should look that up. There has to be, um, you know, one of my chatty questions that I want to ask you later is when are you most inspired? And I bet probably out of 130 shows, probably 20 people have said in the shower. It's my most common answer. That's and, fascinating. And yeah, it does make, as you say that, I'm like, there has to be research about what the water does or I don't know, something like that. So I I don't, I feel like Janice, send us an email, let us know, or uh, tweet me at the Matt Martin. Liz, where are you, or are you tweetable? We'll tell people, maybe she can tweet you. I'm at SS Liz, SS for Satellite Sister. So at SS Liz, and you can also tweet us at Safe for Work. And, uh, you know, maybe we have, we have listeners call into our show. So Janice, maybe you want to talk to Matt and I together. If you're, you know, 
I'm not trying to steal your your people though. No, I'm just, I, no, you know, I'm all. We can, we can both help, Janice. There is no steal, <laughs> and I believe I'm all about a community coming together to solve people's problems. So that's I'm all about that. Um, yeah. But Janice, good luck. Good for you. I'm proud for you. So go, girl. Me too. Ditto. Uh, ditto. Okay, so now <laughs> we're um, we just. This is great, Liz. I hate editing, and this is great. We're right on time. That never happens to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're a pro. You're a pro. Oh, I've tried to. You think three years in. So, okay. So, we're going to talk about chatty matty questions. So, these are the same sure. five questions I ask everybody every week. So, here you go, Liz Dolan. Chatty matty number one. What is your most memorable childhood smell? Uh, I would say the... The Christmas tree. There's something about mm. the the pine scent. We would always go into the woods and cut down a tree and put it up on oh, Christmas wow. Eve. Where did you grow Christmas up? Eve that's so connected. That's so yeah. idyllic. Well, it was just, but it was always the fact that it was the afternoon of Christmas Eve too. We were not one of those families where we had the tree up for the whole season. That day, that Christmas Eve day, there was a lot going on. We were wrapping our presents, making dinner. And, but then that would be the day that we went out and got a tree and also put it up. So I don't know when I think about growing up and moments in my home and I have seven brothers and sisters. So Christmas was a deal. You can imagine it was oh, wow. a, it was a production. So as soon as you said that to me, I just had a, sort of pine scent uh in my in my brain mm, wow and i bet connecticut it was beautiful and snowy and all that yeah yeah it was sometimes too snowy so then you'd have a a frozen tree that would melt all over the living room floor it, did, <laughs> it was not always ideal it was not, <laughs> in my memory it was ideal in reality it was very wet very wet <laughs> in reality your parents drank a lot that night no um <laughs> But okay, so Chatty Manning number two, uh, what would be the name of your memoir? Um, so far, because I, I have actually thought about this even before I knew it was the Chatty Manning question. Because I thought, at what point do you ever want to write a memoir? Because you've only gotten like to this point, and hopefully you're still alive and there will be more. Yeah. So your memoir is always some kind of a midpoint. So it's like, so far, this is what I think about my life. And then the mm -hmm. other meaning of it would be, well, I've come so far. And ah. So, you know, I'm putting it out there. Anyone who wants to steal that, be my guest, because I'm not sure I'm going to get around to writing a <laughs> memoir anytime soon. <laughs> I was going to tell you to write it. You're like, eh, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> if you're a ghost writer, contact Liz Dolan. She might have work for you. Uh, <laughs> okay, Chatty Maddie, uh, number three. What day would be your Groundhog Day? So what day was such a good day? You're like, dang, I could do that over and over. Uh, let me think. It's okay. I don't mind silence. It's a podcast. It's not the radio. Yeah, let me think about that one. Hmm, Groundhog Day. There's a Groundhog Day for me would be last summer. I I planned a 
family reunion. My brother and I both worked on this family reunion. We're very close to all of our first cousins, but we hadn't seen each other in a long time. Mm -hmm. And all of our parents now are gone. My my mother and father and all of my aunts and uncles, Mm -hmm. now they're all gone. So we just decided to sort of take on like, okay, how is this next generation still going to remain tight knit as a family? So we organized a dinner that I had in my backyard with a talent show, Maddie. And oh was, my goodness. And you know, the the people of my generation, we have no talents, but for some reason all of our millennials, uh, you know, they sing, they dance, they tell jokes, they they are talented. So, and then we have some little kids, some like 4 and 5 year olds who did tumbling routines and it was just a super fun evening of kind of getting to know each other better and it was hugely satisfying. So, sure, I would do that day again and again. That was super fun. That sounds wonderful. And are you still live on the East Coast now? Are you still in Connecticut? No, I live in Santa Monica, California. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but the um, the reunion we had in Bend, Oregon, in Central Oregon, that's where my my brother lives there full time, and I have a little cottage that I that's where I go on my summer vacations. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, you're not far. I'm just right in Mid City, so. Oh, you are. Oh, yeah. yeah so Pico I probably drive right by you all the time. Yeah, just south of the Grove. That's me. Um, (laughs) Okay, chatting, Maddie, we're on four. Chatting, Maddie, number four. What's the best piece of advice that you wished you had taken earlier in life? Uh, I think I wish I knew earlier in life that you should really say what you think. (laughs) And I Mm. I know that seems obvious, but I feel like, especially at work, but even in in life, but especially at work, I feel like you spend a lot of the early years in your career trying to figure out what is everyone else thinking? Everyone else must be smarter than me. What are they? I don't know what the right answer is, but I'm sure everyone else in this room knows that. And I think the longer I've gone through life, the more I realize, well, like, my idea is just as good as anyone else's, you know, my take on this might be useful to the group, whatever. And so I wish I had learned earlier to say what you really think. And, you know, people tell you that, like, be your true self, be your authentic self. You hear that everywhere, of course, Mm -hmm. but you don't know what that really means. And, but then you're 25 or 30 and you're sitting in a room working on something and you're thinking you have a little idea in the back of your head, but you're afraid to say it. So I wish I had never been afraid to say anything. Boy, amen to that. I, I've never had that answer, and I agree with that. One, okay. Yeah. As a people pleaser, I would, I, yes, I'm right with you. Yes, right. 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 Exactly. So, chatting, Maddie, number five, what I mentioned earlier now, when are you most inspired, Liz Dolan? Well, it's funny you mentioned water because I won't say the shower, though. I love to swim. And mm. I, I swim laps here in the Santa Monica College pool. You should come check it out if you've oh, never been. I almost drowned in that pool because <laughs> I tried swimming with my friend. It's a beautiful pool, though, but swimming is hard. Pool. Yes. <laughs> 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 the well, I go there a lot in the evenings, so it's nice when it's it's sort of dark out, but the lights are on, and you swim laps, or you take a little water aerobics class, and there's there's music. I just love being in the water, and the same is true even with just swimming in the ocean. So anytime that I'm swimming and floating, I just feel very um, I feel very lighthearted, and mm. uh, and I enjoy that. That is my favorite sensation, and so things just. Things just come to you, I think, when you have, when you're sort of, you've lifted off the weight of the day. 
Yeah, it almost makes me wonder too. Like, is it you know we are mostly water, so is it is it if it's is it literally just like from a we're just connecting with a big part of ourselves? Yeah, I guess. yeah. I don't it know. does make you feel like you're just part of the larger universe somehow. It does, uh, for you sure. know. Which I like. So that would be anytime I'm floating, I guess, would be my official short answer. <laughs> All right. I, I will take that. Um, thank you for doing Liz. Tell everybody where they can find We mentioned it earlier, but tell everybody where they can find yes. you. So Safe for Work is the workplace advice podcast that I do. And you can find us, you know, at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, you know, anywhere you listen to podcasts. My personal Twitter is at SS Liz. And you can tweet us at the show at, at Safe for Work. So um, and we're on Facebook, too. So, yeah. And well, Satellite Sisters, too. Right. So oh, tell, yeah. tell so, everybody what Satellite Sisters is. So Satellite Sisters is a talk show that I've been doing for a long time with my real life sisters. I have four real life sisters, but we do a new show every Tuesday where there are three of us together on the show. And it's, you know, it's what we call the sound of friendship, Maddie. So Ooh. it's like, what do you talk to your friends about and how do you talk about it? So sometimes it's news and sometimes it's just funny things that happen to us in the course of the week. So you can find Satellite Sisters everywhere you find podcasts. And also our website for that is SatelliteSisters.com. We have a lot of fun on that show. I love it too, because, you know, uh, there's a, I have another podcast that I really like listening to called The Language of Bromance. And it's kind of the same two friends that they used to live together and then they moved apart. And they said, what's a way that we can make ourselves like, really just be show up every week, at least a week and talk to each other. And that they decided to start a podcast. And so it's this, and it's really grown and become a popular show, but it's a way just for them to connect. And so I love that you did that with your sisters. Yeah, that's sort of, that's what we do too. And uh, we just have loads of fun together. So um, yeah, check that out. Well, Liz Dolan, you're loads of fun. You really are. Thank (laughs) you so much for, for doing this today. And I appreciate it so much. I hope I see you soon at some other podcast festival. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, am. I'm, I'm actually, I'm speaking at Podcast Movement out in La East oh, in Philly. So I'll uh, see you there. Oh yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, come see. Uh, I won a competition last year, so then now I'm one of the keynote speakers. I'm excited. I like it. Okay, yeah. I'm putting it on my calendar right now. Well, and if you're ever, you know, we're close in LA. If you walk your dog or whatever, maybe I'll <laughs> maybe I'll float by you in the pool one day and be like, "Hey, girl." Hey, I am, I'm a trained lifesaver, so if, <laughs> if you find yourself drowning again, I can at least drag you out. Okay, I, I'm that, only swimming with you now. At least I can do that. <laughs> well, Liz Zillin, thank you so, so much. I appreciate you. And for the rest of you, you know the deal. Do something for someone this week, and we'll see you next week. Bye. All right, everybody. So, peace and out. We are out. So, we're moving right along. We've got some, I promise we've got new shows coming next week. I'm, right, I'm, I'm going to be better. I'm going to try to get everything done ahead. Oh, God, I need it. I just, if I just had a, if I just had a man to do this for me. No, I got a man, so I'll take a woman. Oh, anybody, anybody. Lord help. No, but, you know, that's part of, like, that's part of, I think, for any of you, you know, there's always parts of our job that we love and then parts that, you know, we just kind of do. And y'all know I hate editing, and it's just, it's a... But I bring this up not to bitch about it. I bring it up in that I don't think there's... But I love this show so much, and I love doing it. And it, 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 I was going to say it completes me. It doesn't complete me, um, but it does fill me with a lot of joy and a lot of gratitude and a lot of uh, feeling of service. So that said, with anything, there is, you know, 
there's the fun stuff and then the not fun stuff. So I tell you that story because hopefully if you're focusing right now on some of the not fun stuff you're having to do as your job, whether it's being a parent or working in an office or being self-employed, well, think about the joyous, the fun stuff you get to do in your job too. And if you don't have any of that joyous, fun stuff in your job, then sugar, write me a letter and I'll help you get out of that shit, okay? Um, Or hell, write Liz Dolan a letter and she'll help you get out of that shit. So again, thanks so much for Liz from Safe for Work for being on today. Um, Really check that show out. All of Liz's info, her Twitter, all of her social media and where to find her in the podcast are all in the show link. So if you just click on those links, You'll go directly to our podcast, and sugars, you can just subscribe to it right then and there. All right, so the rest of you know the drill. Tell somebody about the show. That really helps us out. It helps share the show. Really, I mean that. If this you thought this was helpful, it, it really means the world. I mean, when you share this on Twitter or your Instagram or your Facebook with a, with a link where people can click on, just go to DearMaddieShow.com and just put that link in there. It really means a lot. And I, I, it just helps spread the word. It makes all the editing worth it, sugars. All the editing worth it. All right, everybody. I hope that you have a good week. Uh, and go do something for someone this week. And do something for yourself, too. All right? Do a little spring emotional cleaning. Okay. Love y'all. Love y'all.